Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank, and I'm the pastor here. We're so glad that you've joined us today online. Uh, welcome. Again, the heart of our church is to connect you to Jesus and community. Just want to encourage you. You'll still see the link to hit connect with us. We would love for you to let us know you're watching with us to help get you connected to the community here at our church. Why? You're about to hear the importance of living life in community together. We're in a series called Go and Make, uh, just about making disciples. Again, it was Jesus' charge to us that that is the greatest thing that we can do as a follower of Jesus. Love God, love people, go and make disciples. So today, no, that's not just my job or even the staff here at Connect Church. Jesus didn't say pastors make disciples or church leaders make disciples. He says followers of Jesus, you will make disciples. It's every single one of us. But if we're honest, we know sometimes it's hard. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't want to do this. I don't want to talk about my faith too much right now. It's not, it's not very fun to have conversations about it, but it's important. Just because we may not want to do it or we don't feel qualified to do it, um, it's important that we do it. Again, why? Jesus told us to right before he ascended back to heaven. So last week we talked about how relationship really is so crucial when it comes to making disciples. Why? We need to share the gospel, but we need to share our lives with people. We need to have relationships that can carry the weight of truth. I didn't understand my deep need for community until college. Um, biblical community and college really made the difference in my faith. Uh, I grew up in church. I grew up around church, and I had great friends um, in church growing up, but we didn't really practice what we're preaching today. We had fun together. We played football. We had pool parties. Like We had a great time together, but we didn't really help each other grow. Um, now, uh, we did try. Uh, our, our youth pastor and our church offered some discipleship programs, and we went through them. And, and at that time, you may not believe this, but there was something called AOL Instant Messenger. Cell phones didn't exist yet. That's how you talk to your friends. Um, and a couple of them were my accountability partners in uh, the program we were going through. And no joke, we would sign on right before we were supposed to go to the meeting, be like, hey, did you do anything? No. Did you? No. Uh, okay. And just sign off and then go. Like There was no um, growth happening through relationship. When I got to college, my friends really helped me grow a lot. Um, part of it is they're right down the hall from you. They're always accessible. But there I was able to share life with people. They got to see the good and the bad. They got to see um, everything about me. And so because of that, they got to speak into my life. I also knew their lives and, and we were able to help each other through some tough seasons, through some great seasons um, and everything in between. Now, when it comes to community, our mentality is often this. The moment, the moment it stops benefiting me, I stop being part. Today, that's not biblical. Nowhere in the Bible do we see Jesus say, if people hurt you, leave. If you don't like it anymore, you can leave. In fact, he actually often says the opposite. If someone hurts you, offer the other cheek. Uh, forgive others or you won't be forgiven. Um, and, and the reality is this idea has really creeped into the church, if we're honest. I'm around when I feel like it and I disappear when I don't. 
We hide when we struggle. I don't want people to see the real me. My shame and my guilt keeps me from being part of community. But that's so counter what we see community in the Bible. The word koinonia is an important word. It's this idea of deep fellowship. Um, it's a word for community. It's a word for participation. All of these things together make up the word of community that we see in Scripture. To fully experience God, there needs to be a community of people who are willing to participate. And not just when things are good, but all the time. It's not possible to know God fully without community. Again, it is not possible to know God fully without community. God himself exists in community, three in one. The Trinity, community is part of his being. We are relational beings. We are built for community. And Christian community is sharing a common life in Christ with other people. It moves us beyond self-interested isolation. It moves us beyond superficial relationships. How are you? Good? Oh, yeah, me too. Life's good, yeah. Uh, don't look behind me. There's a trail of destruction, but everything's good. The biblical idea of community challenges us to instead commit ourselves to life together. And so today we're going to take a look at what that life together looks like. Today's going to be a little different. Instead of focusing on one passage and going through it, we're going to jump around a little bit to point, to draw out some of the different things a community is meant to be in Scripture. So the first thing that we see and the greatest part that we see in community is that we are meant to love God together. In Matthew 22, we read this. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Pause. There, at this time, they would have agreed with that and said, yeah, this is so true. This is everything that the Old Testament scriptures say. Love God with everything. We agree with that. But now Jesus raises the bar and he says this. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now it got tougher for him. And, and if you read, you'll even see that they ask who their neighbor is because they're trying to find a way to justify loving who they want. We still wrestle with that same idea today. But we will see how healthy and dynamic a community is by the way that we love God together and the way that we love others. And so with that, um, again, love God together. A healthy community helps us love God together. How? The first way is unity. Romans 15 says, May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other, as is fitting for followers of Christ. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you, so that God will be given glory. Now, how does unity help me love God more? Let me answer that. To be unified means there are parts of me I sacrifice for the sake of unity. And sacrifice is one of the greatest ways that we grow. Denying me and what I want for the sake of Jesus. We see that in the life of Jesus. He gave up his right as God to come and take on humanity and to live our life and to let himself be killed when we sacrifice. Because I love you. Uh, and because I want to glorify God together, I will set aside things to be part of community. We will accept each other as Christ has accepted us. 
dang, Jesus accepts us despite our mistakes. He accepts us despite the fact that we hurt him every day when we choose to sin and do what's wrong. And we're called to love the same way to create unity. Man, that's tough. And now, not only that, but as we begin to see this take shape, it helps us love God more. Why? We see what Jesus' love looks like lived out. We see the people around us modeling the love of Jesus together that helps us love God more. Wow, God's love is incredible. Why? Man, I made a mistake. I hurt this person over here and they forgave me. Why? Scripture says, forgive or you won't be forgiven. Show the love of Jesus. And because of that, we can grow in our love for God together. We experience Christ together. In Matthew 18, 20, we read, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Now let me just pause. It doesn't say, Where two or three gather together in church as my followers, I am... No, we can experience Christ together wherever. When there's two or three of us together, again, this idea of us coming together, it helps us love God and and unify and come together for the sake of Jesus. But... As we're in these environments, we learn together. We understand more of who God is through knowledge. We're committed to the study of biblical truth. To truly know God, we must learn about his character through scripture. And as we learn about his character, we love him more deeply. For me, my wife, her character, the more I get to know her in the beginning, it's superficial things. Wow, we both like the same show. Wow, you're really pretty. I'm interested in her. Now it's her character. She is a solid, godly woman, and I love her for that. And honestly, the same thing is true. As we read scripture, we fall in love with the beauty of Jesus. And because we understand and know his character, it helps us grow in our love. In community, some of the ways we learn together here at our church, one, a Bible reading plan together, two, pipeline where we go together and we learn theology and doctrine and understanding and we ask questions and we wrestle with it together connect groups we share life with people this is my my tribe my group when i'm when i'm hurting i text one of them i call them and say hey i need some prayer today and teams serving together as we serve together we we learn we we grow in our crafts and our giftings that god has given us and it makes us better We experience Christ together by worshiping together. In John 4, we read, the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. We need to worship God in spirit and truth. What does that mean? It means this. We don't worship him with feelings and hype, but with the truth of who Jesus is. Now, it's not bad to sometimes be expressive and and get hyped about how great Jesus is, but this is more saying spirit and truth. When I don't feel like it, whatever your week has been like, maybe it's been terrible, we still praise God again. Why? Because we know through the work of the Spirit in our lives and through the truth of who Jesus is that he stays the same. We worship Jesus because he's our Savior. We worship Jesus because he deserves our worship, not because of what he does for us. So my worship never changes. Where if I don't feel like God does something that I wanted him to, I still worship again. Why? Because his character, 
stays the same. The last way we come together is we eat together. Jesus was often seen sharing meals with others. A strong community eats together. The, the table is a place of deep meaning and understanding and love. Again, it doesn't say two or three are gathered in church in Matthew 18. And I believe some of the greatest places of growth are around the table. Again, in college, we would spend hours in the cafeteria eating, goofing off, having fun, but also having some really deep discussions about life. And I still remember some of them to this day that have challenged me and shaped me. Now, as we love Jesus together, we begin to love others. And we do this first by giving to the needs of others. In Acts 4, we read, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them, because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring money to the apostles to give to those in need. As I read passages like this about the New Testament, it always challenges me. Why? Because helping others was more important to themselves or was more important than storing for themselves. And, and as someone who lives here in, in America, our country is built around storing for ourselves. The American dream is to make as much as you can, to buy as much as you want. And, and it's been ingrained in us that we need to store for ourselves for, for great trips and for retirement. And again, all those things are good. But life isn't about all I can get for myself. There's something about generosity that's a maturing part of our discipleship, but then it's also a sign of our commitment to community. Biblical community says, I have this. How can I help someone with it? Again, dynamic biblical community isn't about getting for myself, but it's about using what I have for the sake of other people. We're building this in our church from the beginning. And if you're new today, awesome, welcome. We're so glad you're here. Maybe you've been watching for a little bit, but our church, um, we tithe on everything that comes in. We practice what we preach. And then we also raise money through something called Kingdom Builders. Uh, we just did Generosity Week where you could see some of the things that we're doing. But this year, so far, we've been able to give away $17,000 to help people in need. Now, that may not sound significant to you, but our church is still new. We just turned one. We're around 40 to 50 people in person, but we still have this heart of helping people in need. We feed people in our town here in East Windsor. We help the students in our schools feel loved by giving them hotspots to learn at home over the past year or water, water bottles because the water fountains aren't working. We love students in Costa Rica who may not have the best parents be in an environment where they're loved and supported. We help plant a church in Scotland that is now buying a building and renovating it and moving forward. We've shown the death, the love of Jesus in Bolivia. These are all things that over the past year we've been able to do in giving to the needs of others. But this also isn't just something we do through uh, money and giving to church, but it's with each other. It's, it's the people in our church. It's the people that we know. When someone struggles, we sacrifice and we give. Again, why? Because we read that all through Scripture. 
Read the first few chapters of Acts and you will see language like this all the time. They sold things they owned so that the community and those in need would be okay. That's where great love for others comes in. Do we just see what we want or do we see the needs of others? Biblical community also is a place of restoration. In Galatians 6, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. Accountability doesn't need to feel like you're checking in on someone or you're scolding them. Accountability should feel like I'm helping you become everything that God made you to be. This is loving. This isn't so that I can feel high and mighty and righteous because I'm better than you, but this is about the other person. And again, you'll begin to notice a theme here. Biblical community is about the other person and not you. And so even as you correct people and hold them accountable, it's not you looking, again, like you're better than them, like you love Jesus more than them. It's about them. Let me help you. You've gotten off track a little bit. And I just want to point you back to Jesus who loves you. The community should give us a place to air our growth and our struggles, our successes and our failures. And it gives us a way of guiding each other in the ways of Christ. And when someone bears their soul and their struggle, we don't try and fix them, but we give them space to know they're loved, to wrestle with the season that they're in, and when the time is right, to remind them of the love of Jesus and to point them back towards truth. Because we do it holding the tension that we are sinful ourselves. We may be the ones helping now, but tomorrow we could be the ones on the other side of the conversation. And the last line always sticks out to me here. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're fooling yourself. You're not that important. Walk in humility. As we're in community, as we restore and get people back on track, as we have tough conversations, do it humbly. Again, sometimes instead of telling people what to do to make yourself feel better, ask questions. Instead of trying to have all the answers so everyone can say, wow, you're incredible, think of the person that you're trying to help. You feeling important or better than other people will kill community faster than anything else. Why? Biblical community is about humility. Again, we reflect the love of Jesus who we know is the ultimate example of what humility looks like. And as we do this, it leads to deep fellowship. In John, 1 John 1, we read this. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God but go on living in spiritual darkness we are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Deep community is marked by growth. Do you want to know the depth of your community? The depth of your relationship with other people? Look at the depth of your growth. If you're not growing, if you've been the same for a long time, you probably haven't been living in community. We can't keep living in sin in community. We can't keep being a jerk in community. 
And if we're honest, that's why we don't like being around people sometimes. I know that if I commit fully to this, it's going to result in me having to either change or address something deeper in my life. And I don't want to do that. And so what do I do? I stay isolated and I stay alone. If we're growing, we will have deep relationship with other people. Why? Because it helps us grow. It helps us disciple each other. It helps us become disciples. Community is crucial to your growth. And if you think that you can do it alone, you're wrong. There will be a point if you're not plugged into community where you will hit a wall and you'll no longer grow. You have to decide if you're going to share who you really are with other people. And honestly, you're not alone in this tension. We see this tension in humanity as soon as sin enters the world. In Genesis, Adam and Eve, after they choose to sin, hide from God. In that moment, they realize that they sinned and the perfect community and relationship with God is broken. And so they hide. And God asks them and says, where are you? He approaches them with love. Hey, something's wrong here. You're hiding from me. We used to to have a, a great relationship where we always knew what was going on in each other's lives. Why are you hiding? Shame kept them hiding. Guilt kept them hiding. Fear kept them hiding. And if we're honest, we cover ourselves the same way and hide when we feel like we've gotten off track. We carry a sense of fear, shame, and guilt and, and hope that no one is going to expose us for what's really going on in our lives. But today, the church is meant to be different. The church is meant to be a place where, like God, he comes to them and says, Where are you? What's wrong? Why are you, why are you hiding? Come on, come back. Come back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You did the, you did the one, Adam and Eve, you did the one thing I asked you not to, but come back. This is about relationship. This is about community. The church, again, is meant to be different. We will love each other and we will serve each other. Why? Because we model the Savior who loves us and served us through his death on the cross. Humility, service, love. They are things that mark godly community. And when we're in a community that has these things, we grow. Which is why we need community to be a disciple and to disciple others. This relational tension is where you grow. Growth, we call this word of becoming holy of like Jesus in the church, sanctification. That may sound nice on paper. But when you put a bunch of messed up people in a room together or online together, things can become quite complicated. Community leads to conflict. Community leads to parts of our lives coming out and being exposed that we may want to keep hidden. And again, the truth is it's often easier to stay in isolation and pretend to be fine than to deal with things in community. And that's why we need to be intentional. The gospel-centered life comes with a cross. The temptation to be less real and more shallow is also real. But intentional community building, it leads again to growth. Why do we need to be intentional? Because we don't. We want to do the opposite. We are not actually any of these things on our own. And so we... We need to try to be these more loving, more serving, more humble, more like Jesus. I am not naturally those things. And so I need to be intentional in my growth. I need to be intentional in putting myself in positions to be seen by others when I know I've gotten off track. So today, if you're watching, 
and you've never accepted Jesus before today, I want to invite you to be part of community, the family of God. And can I tell you, it's messy. Why? Because we are sinful and we are broken people, myself included. But it's also the most incredible thing in the world. Why? Because through it, through our messiness, through our brokenness, through our pain, we see the love of Jesus. And as we just heard, as Adam and Eve chose sin and chose the opposite of what God asked, it created a gap in their relationship. They felt like their shame and their guilt was too great. And so they ran and they hid from God. But we know that Jesus came down to earth. He lived the perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose again. He ascended to heaven and he's with God at his right side right now. And we know that because of who Jesus is, that that relationship with God is restored. We can have perfect community with him again. We don't have to hide in our fear and our shame and our guilt. And today, if you've never made that decision before, and maybe you feel God stirring something in your heart, wherever you're watching this on your own, just say, Jesus, I need you. I submit myself to you. I know that I'm broken. I've fallen short of your standard. And today, I want your righteousness. God, would you make me like you? Forgive me of my sins because I trust in who Jesus is. If you made that decision, there's a link to click. We would love to help you continue to grow in that decision and get connected to community here so that you can continue to grow. For those of us who do follow Jesus, again, Christian community makes the gospel a lived reality. It strengthens us to live the life to which we're called. It shows God's life and power to the world at large. When we get along, when we love each other well, the world will see Jesus in us. Without experiencing life together, we will not discover how awesome the news about Jesus is. And it's this broken people becoming whole together. None of us fix each other, but we all point each other back to Jesus, the one who can redeem us. Without intentionality and commitment, this doesn't happen. It's better to struggle alongside community than it is to fight alone. Some of you will stay stuck on your discipleship, discipleship journey until you embrace community. So today, how can you be intentional in putting godly community around you? People who are going to speak life to you, who are going to spend time with you, who are going to invest in you, who are going to encourage you, who are going to restore you when you get off track, who are going to love God together with you. How can you be intentional to put those people around you? Again, Community is where we allow others to see the depth of our heart and to receive the encouragement we need to grow in a safe place. Together, our knowledge and our love grow for Jesus. And as that happens, our love for each other grows. Today, what's holding you back from living true biblical community? Is it shame? Is it fear? Is it guilt? Is it pride? Is it opinion? Is it just being selfish? What's keeping you from fully being in in biblical community? And this week, would you evaluate that? And today, I just want to say, if you just attend or just even just watch us online, um, this is a moment where I really want to encourage you. We love you. We're so glad that you're watching and you're here with us online. But you're missing community. And online is great. You can check out our church and see who we are and, and all of those things. And again, we're so glad that you're with us. But there's another step for you in your journey. There's another way for growth. Get involved in a connect group of, again, a tribe of people who love you and encourage you and support you. 
get involved in the discipleship pipeline where we learn and we grow in our knowledge of God together and his character and serve on a team. We need help to make what happens here at Connect Church possible. And so join our teams. Help us in the mission of God. All right, today let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, that you're the ultimate example of community. God, in just the, the being of who you are and also in sending Jesus here to restore our relationship with you today, we thank you for that. God, as we just long to be a community that helps each other grow, that, that loves you well and loves each other well, God, would you just give us wisdom in that? God, would we be intentional in it? Would we seek it out? God, would we resist our, our, huma our humanity to hide when we feel these things, when we fall short? And instead, would we turn to you and turn to our community that puts us back on track, that helps us grow, that reminds us of who you are? God, just give us strength and courage to do that. In your name I pray, amen. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.